Hey, hey D&D, D&D fam. fam! I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for Ducket, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 or <laughs> 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Duckets. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, Diva and Duckets family? We are so excited to be here with you. It's the summertime. It is hot, 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 hot up here in the Carolinas. We are glad you are joining in with us today. And uh, before y'all, we dive into this topic, I'm the giddy little podcast host right now in Fred because for y'all that are nosy and listen to us on the airwaves, if y'all head on over to the YouTube page <laughs> while you're there, please subscribe. But if y'all head on over to the YouTube page, you will see that my girl has gotten engaged. Flashing with a little something. So excited for her. And he did good, honey. Okay. He did good with them ducats. I'm going to make sure I play this back, you know, affirm him. Right, right, right. Um, It is beautiful. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm, you know, I'm going to get a nice little planner. I'm not going to get stressed out. We're going to, you know. I'm not a fan of the song, but she won't break my soul. Right, so we're right, gonna be right. Fine. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But we are very excited for her. So um, congratulations. Thank I just you. Say that on the airway. Thank you. And what are we going to be getting into today? Today, we are talking about something a little less exciting um, <laughs> because it involves death. Yeah. But we're talking about really protecting your assets um, and making sure that if you do want certain things to go a certain way, you're putting those things in place. Mm-hmm. So we like to bring subject matter experts in to answer your questions, common questions we have. Make sure if you need them, you can slide in their DMs and reach out and get the best services you need. So without further ado, we let our guests introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. tell us who you to. are and what you do. So my name's Robin Hicks Flynn. I have a law firm that has brick and mortar offices in Raleigh and Charlotte, but we serve as clients all over the state of North Carolina. We literally meet them where they are. So if your grandma is in the hospital, we'll come meet her there. Um, If you're seeking business succession planning, we'll come meet you at your office. But what we focus on is business succession planning, Mm -hmm. estate planning, Mm -hmm. state administration, and guardianships. So what that means is we essentially help individuals, businesses, Mm -hmm. and families transfer their wealth. Okay. Okay. So that's what the business succession is. It's Mm -hmm. transferring that business and all all that goes with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's often something we don't really think about when we think about estate. But yeah, that is part of your estate. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Cool. I love that. I love that. Um, 
how did you get into that? Is it, were you just always interested? After no, you took actually. No. So <laughs> growing up, I always thought I was going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and early on in life, I experienced death. My dad passed away when I was 19 from mm-hmm. lung cancer. And then shortly after that, my fiance was killed in Iraq in the line of duty. Um, And so I started a nonprofit organization with my fiance's family at the time. And I began began advocating for the community, but also learning a lot from both experiences about Mm -hmm. estate planning and how it benefits families. And I mean, to be honest, I'm a product of good estate planning, especially Mm -hmm. from my dad. And so um, that's really where my my heart kind of tugged at me Mm -hmm. um, in law school. And I I worked in a few other practice areas for a while, but I always found myself going back to that practice area. So that's where I stayed. um, I think it's really neat to find your passion. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sad that it went through life experiences like that. But like you said, to be the product of it, it really mm-hmm. shows the impact. Like, that's an experience that you can lend to your clients. Be like, no, I, because of that, you know, that proper planning and everything right. happening beforehand, I was able to breathe a little easier, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's easy for some attorneys to say that when they haven't actually experienced right. it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, having that on hand, live experiences is, is bar none, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into a little bit of, and we're going to add, you know, some business succession because I don't think we had any questions about that considering we have businesses we right. should have did that <laughs> but um let, let's tackle that one actually at, at the at the um forefront like for the business succession what what do y'all like take into consideration when you have that sure so the first thing we have to look at is what type of business do you have is it a small family-owned company mm-hmm. because we're going to recommend you transfer in a different way as opposed to maybe it's a husband and wife mm-hmm. or a single individual owning a, a company and maybe you have a star manager or mm-hmm. a star employee that maybe wants to buy your business over time right um or provide some sweat equity equity mm-hmm. um while they are learning more about your business mm-hmm. and so it really depends on what you're looking to do but for a family-owned business, I would usually recommend doing that through a trust um, and also having some provisions within your operating agreement mm-hmm. that allows mm-hmm. for that transfer. Mm-hmm. And then if you're looking at some third party who's not really related to you, then we're looking at some contracts and then also some provisions in your operating agreement. Okay, okay. And so when there are like partners involved that aren't relatives, then you want to really focus on that in the operating agreement? Yes, itself? absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need an agreement. Right? <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, I mean, I, I always say partnerships. It's like a marriage. Yeah. 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 It is. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not opposed to contracts. Okay? Not at all. <laughs> what, what, passion, you so, right, what you need? What you need from right, Mason, right. girl? I get <laughs> So, speaking of, you know, quick put me out there. People get married. People get married older. I'm not a spring chicken. So people are coming into marriage. A lot of us statistically mm-hmm. are older. And so you may have assets. And so, of course, everybody knows prenup, prenup. But what are some ways that you could protect your assets if maybe you don't have a prenup or maybe you do? But what are things that people should think about in terms of estate planning and protecting mm-hmm. their assets? So, yeah. So there are a lot of documents that you can use. It really just depends on what you want to protect. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say you have a lot of real estate or, mm-hmm. or even just one house. Yeah. Um, 
one thing you can use is a free trader agreement. Okay. Um, so that allows you to still have control over that asset mm-hmm. because a lot of times once you're married, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people refinance houses and, and, and they don't realize they're transferring their mm-hmm. sole, um, their actual interest in that house mm-hmm. and they're making it marital property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if you have that free trader agreement early on, mm-hmm. um, then that's still allowing you to maintain that interest mm-hmm. and, and do what you want to do with it without passing that interest over to your spouse. Yeah. Okay. Um, another option is a trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I like trust for, for a myriad of reasons. One, it allows you to maintain some control for revocable living trust, which I recommend for, I would still call you a spring chicken. <laughs> <laughs> But for my younger clients, um, for a few reasons, irrevocable trust, once you transfer assets into an irrevocable trust, Mm -hmm. which is an amazing vehicle within itself that we can talk about later, um, it's hard to transfer those assets out Mm -hmm. because with an irrevocable trust, you are giving those assets to the trust indefinitely. Mm -hmm. And the only way to undo that is either through the court or every single beneficiary you have designated in that trust has to sign off on it. Mm. Okay. And sometimes they don't want to. Right. Right. But for a revocable living trust, you can put assets in, you can take them out. And so one of the things most people um, by your age have or do own real property. Mm-hmm. So usually you cannot borrow against that equity you have in the house Mm -hmm. if it's inside of a trust. And so Mm -hmm. I like the revocable living trust for younger clients. Mm -hmm. And and younger is you're still making plans to buy things in the future, acquire things. Mm -hmm. So it could still be your grandma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Or or your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, You're able to still shuffle assets around as you need them. Okay. Um, But you can also do that through a testamentary will which is a last will and testament, which has some additional provisions that creates a trust in the end. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can also protect assets by making sure that the deed reflects what your intent currently is. Um, So for for some people, they know they want their children, Mm -hmm. right, to have the house in the end. They don't want to share it with the spouse. Or maybe they do, and Mm -hmm. we can talk about what that looks like as well. Yeah. But what you would want to do is maybe give that child 1% mm. in, in the house now so that no matter what happens, um, you know that they're going to get some interest right. later. Okay. We can work on things throughout our estate planning to make sure that your wishes. Got you. So with the testamentary will, does that mean that the trust is formed upon death? Is that what that is? or what? No. So all estate documents are drafted during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But the actual trust doesn't become effective until you pass away. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay, sweet. So just following up on that example you provided with, like, say, I want it to go to my children, but not my spouse. So if you have a home and you decide, I mean, I want my spouse to still live in this house Mm -hmm. or still enjoy it, but I want to make sure that, you know, maybe my spouse will get remarried or, you know, I want to make sure that this stays in the family, mm-hmm. how do you go about doing what's the best way to like do it from that standpoint? So either through a trust drafting very specific provisions mm-hmm. or you could create a life estate for your spouse. Okay. Um, you do that through a deed. Mm-hmm. So um, it's permanent in that you have to file it with the register of deeds, but 
if your spouse is willing, they can always give back that interest okay. um, in the real property. But what a life estate does is allow your spouse to stay in the house during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, with with a life estate, you have a measuring life. And mm-hmm. so it could maybe be during the life of children that you share. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or so it could be for the lifetime of someone else as well. Okay. Um, but when that person passes away, the person who has received that interest, mm-hmm. um, then it's there. It's, well, no, actually, oh, it, it, reverses, goes it goes to your children or whomever you designate, right? Okay. So let's say um, I have a friend, Melissa, mm-hmm. and she already has two children. Mm-hmm. She decides to get married later in life, let's say at 45 is her, her second marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, she loves her husband. She thinks, you know, things are going to go well. He's yeah. probably not going to get remarried. Um, she leaves him a life estate okay. for his lifetime. Mm-hmm then he's able to live in that house. He is able to maintain the house. He's expected to pay taxes on it. Um, he's also expected to pay the mortgage and, mm-hmm. and other things that come along with the house because it's essentially like you own the house <clears throat> right. until you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he passes away, her second husband passes away, she's designated her children as a, the final ben- beneficiaries. Right. So they would receive okay. yeah, Got you. in the house. And so with a life estate, for those who have never attended law school, (laughs) can they sell it, rent it? Like, what can they do with this life estate? Honestly, they can do anything they want to do. Mm -hmm. But for most people, they don't find that interest valuable because it's only during that person's lifetime. Mm -hmm. So would you want to buy a house from someone who, at the point that they die... That interest in the house is going to someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. So somebody yeah. could be like, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's now my house. Yes. <laughs> um, so he could sell it, but it's just going to, he can only give or sell what he has. So he okay. would be giving or selling his life estate. So through the deed, you can't um, forbade that kind of stuff. You can't forbade him from selling it or, um, you know, in the instance that someone decided they just didn't want to pay the mortgage and it went to foreclosure and they would have lost it but the i don't know child may have been able to pay it or so those so kind of things. usually to circumvent um <clears throat> circumstances like that i like to put provisions in in the will or the trust okay. so you can say as long as they um don't do anything to destroy the home mm-hmm. diminish the home's value anything against the interest of mm-hmm. the property mm-hmm. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. that's good i like it <laughs> cool and so um, I think we were talking about, <clears throat> like, excuse me, in the instance that um, <clears throat> that that spouse stayed in stayed in that home, and let's say I guess they remarried, and so it's still they're still living, so they still have that life estate in that house. But let's say that you know him and the wife decide to move into another property, and they decide to rent out that home. Mm-hmm. Can they be required to? I don't know, pay. Like the the rental proceeds, can they be required to pay those to the child or? No, because when you receive that life estate, it's as if you own it, but you just for that time, own, right? Yeah. But just for that time that you're in the house, that mm-hmm. you have ownership rights to the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the children would get what's left over. Mm-hmm. It's called um, a reversion mm-hmm. um, or a remainder, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just get what's left over. 
mm-hmm. after that second spouse has has used it all all up. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm just because I'm just trying to wrap my head around that part <laughs> about somebody selling their life estate. So let's just use because I don't like the idea of killing people off. Let's just say mama passed. Mm-hmm. She left daddy a life estate. Daddy decided to sell. As the child, daddy passes 20 years later. As a child, you could go to that owner that's been in there 20 years and say, you got to go. Yes, because you should have been on notice that he had the life estate. The deed should have been filed at the Register of Deeds. And if it was, then you were put on notice Mm -hmm. that what you were getting was a life estate. Mm-hmm. So for because <laughs> I'm like, does this happen? Lot. Right, it, it happens. I had a client That's literally crazy. in my office today, um, <laughs> where her it was her husband um, received a life estate from his mother, mm-hmm. and he passed away. Mm-hmm. And once he passed away, then the house is supposed to go to all of his siblings, mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a place to go. Um. Mm-hmm. And the siblings right now are being, they're being kind to her yeah. and not forcing her out. But she trusted yeah. that. That was going to be there. That, yes. Well, <laughs> she didn't, she didn't know that that's what was left in the will. Mm-hmm. So she didn't find that out until her husband passed away. Um, and that's not the first time I've seen a life estate mm-hmm. where people are just confused on. Yeah. So what, what did they, the deeds that? For these people that need to pay attention to deeds. As well, if you're the in, spouse, though, you might not think to... Mm-hmm. Especially if um, yeah. the documents were drafted before you were married. Yeah, you're just like, okay, we're in your yeah. house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in your mama house. Mm-hmm. So what is the deed, though? <laughs> <laughs> so it actually wasn't left through a deed, and that's another thing. Oh, it was okay. left in the will. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um. And so if you're searching through the register of deeds, you may not know that you have to also look at the courthouse to see what was left Mm -hmm. um, there. So there are a lot of places that you need to look, especially if if there's heirs property and you are aware of it. I would definitely say hire an attorney or get a title search so you know exactly what Mm -hmm. what you own. But in the instance of it being a will, you really wouldn't know until that person dies, right? I mean, because you're not going to really go to mama-in-law and be like, let me see your will. Well, well, but the mother-in-law has, she's been gone for about 20 years. Okay. Um, But the wife just, you know, I mean, they were married for 40 years before. Wow. Yeah. You don't think to. You just don't think to, yeah. to do that as, as life mm-hmm. passes by and. You're still living in the home and nothing bad has happened. Mm-hmm. You have good relationships mm-hmm. with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is not uncommon. And I think you spoke to it earlier, but just to clarify. So if you do have a life estate, mm-hmm. you still are responsible for like the property mm-hmm. tax. Mm-hmm. You're still responsible for treating the home as if you own it mm-hmm. until you pass away. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what rights would the, um, I guess the the child or whatever the next inherited mm-hmm. person would be to put, so if they stop paying taxes or start neglecting the property and they didn't have those additional measures in there that you can't do anything against the interest of the property, do they have any rights? They do have rights. They can file um, a suit against the current life estate holder. Mm-hmm. Um because that individual wasn't supposed to do anything that negatively impacts their remainderman, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are letting the house 
get run down, if you're not paying the taxes and now it's in foreclosure or you're not paying the mortgage, well, then you're affecting my my remainder, Mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to get. So now I'm going to come in and I'm going to protect my interests. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. That's good. So, um, and talk, because I know you said that you are really in favor of revocable and irrevocable trust. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about those a little bit versus um, a will, because I know recently um, a family member had told me they went to an estate attorney and they said that they didn't necessarily need to do a trust, Mm -hmm. that they could write their will a, a certain way. But, you know, and what we're always taught is that if you want to avoid probate, do yeah, trust, you yeah. know. So what, what situations can you, I know you were saying you could do something in the will so that it then turns into a trust. Mm-hmm. Like, So it's called a testamentary trust. So the trust provisions are embedded in the will. So you still have to go through probate. Mm-hmm. But after you're done with probate, usually in those types of wills, everything passes over to the trust. Okay. Everything transfers to the trust. Um, and then all of the assets are being distributed pursuant to that trust. And so sometimes people might do that, um, to protect the interests of their minor children. Mm -hmm. Um, usually when you have really small children, a will, it just might not get it. And let, let me tell you why most people don't realize that if you pass away and you leave minor children and those assets have to pass through probate, then a guardianship has mm-hmm. to be opened and a guardian of the estate would be appointed for your children. So let me tell you what that looks like because most people don't realize that. And I have clients who come to me upset or confused about this process. Mm-hmm. One, um, the guardianship estate, um, it takes six weeks within the court system for mm-hmm. the matter to be heard. So you may not receive any Some funds mm-hmm. until that um, particular proceeding has concluded if you prevail. Mm -hmm. And also another attorney called a guardian ad litem will be appointed in that Mm -hmm. case. And the court will require that the attorney's fees, if there are assets for that minor are paid from that minor's um, estate. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so if your child is five years old, that attorney is likely going to remain on that case until your child turns 18. So those assets are being diminished every year until your child turns 18. Um, and then also the guardian of the estate can also receive a benefit for serving as the guardian of the mm-hmm. estate. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I like trust is that you can allow for the trustee to receive a benefit um, or compensation for their services, or maybe they'll agree to do it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, most family members won't take money right, from right. from a child. And so that's why I like trust, especially if you have minor children. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like revocable living trust as well because it's private. No one has to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a will, everything will be filed with the court. Mm-hmm. Your Whether or not you had a life insurance policy, um, whatever value you had in your bank accounts, the value of your car, your house, everything is available for the public to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a trust, it's private and transfers can be made immediately. Mm-hmm. So whoever is caring for your children, maybe your mother, 
or just your loved ones, yeah. they're able to receive, you know, some support. Mm-hmm. So how are the trusts administered? I mean, because it really sounds like this, you know, documents in the airways. Like with probate, sure. we know there's courts and stuff and yeah. people involved. How, where is a trust? How do you get that? It sounds like it's in the cloud. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's in the cloud. Like, who's, who's taking care yeah. of this? So uh, a trust, it's a document just like a will, because mm-hmm. um, I know most people have more experience with a will. Is is drafted by usually by an attorney. Um, I hope by an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Don't y'all let chat yeah. GPT do right? your and go online trust. and yes because okay. I've had to. Please don't do it. I'm just saying, please don't do it. You don't it. know enough about it. Like, it's too yeah. many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, so the trust is drafted. Mm-hmm. It should be accompanied by a pour over will, and it should also be accompanied by a certificate of trust. So you should have three documents whenever you have a trust. See, y'all didn't know that. Y'all had just <laughs> mm-hmm. Google it, y'all. Yeah. No, no, it won't. It won't. So um. The certificate of trust is that's what is used to prove that who the trustee is. Mm-hmm. It will have the trustee's contact information, um, under what circumstances they can be the trustee, and mm-hmm. and and their responsibilities become active. Um, and that's the document you would usually take to the bank okay. or to your financial institution or the insurance company, whoever needs to know who the trustee is, mm-hmm. whatever the trustee needs to access, whatever assets the trustee needs to access, that's how they would prove that they're the trustee. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so for that pour-over will, what it's used is it's a catch-all to cover whatever you may have left out of your trust mm-hmm. or just intentionally decided not to put in your trust for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It will allow your executor to um, have whatever's outside of the trust go through probate mm-hmm. and then place them in the, in the trust. Mm-hmm. And so, and then there's the trust, which has the provisions where the trustees are appointed. Um, your trustee, well, in your trust, you should also have a special trustee. Mm-hmm. Um, that individual is someone who could resolve any disputes. So some people like to have co-trustees so both of their children or both of their siblings Mm -hmm. that individual could resolve this disputes but also help your trustees avoid Mm self-dealing so Mm -hmm. um let's say you have two children you're going to make them the trustees but they're also the beneficiaries well you may not want them cutting checks to themselves right Right. so that special co-trustee can come in um, i'm sorry that special trustee can come in and Give the transfer those assets to the individuals mm-hmm. who you've appointed. Okay. Because so, I was going to ask that. I was like, so what? What is in there to protect the trustees from being like greedy or doing things they shouldn't do? So you can be very specific with okay. um, the language you place in a trust, or some people just want to give their trustees a lot of discretion, which is okay mm-hmm. as well. Um, but you can also have someone appointed in your will to serve, to provide some oversight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, in the trust that I draft, I also ask for the trustee to provide financial um, reports. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it protects the trustee, but it also protects the beneficiary. So they mm-hmm. know what's left. They know that right. their assets are not being squandered. Mm-hmm. And it provides some transparency, which makes everyone feel comfortable. Yeah. 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 So, and this is more so just for people who don't 
because honestly, most people who watch our shows are not lawyers. Mm -hmm. So with this pour over wheel, does it literally say, or, or does it just look like a regular wheel? Both. So, okay. so at the top, the header is it says pour over will. Okay. So that that lets the court know that okay, all the assets that are left, are, gotcha. it's going to, so to okay. the trust. Um, but you can have specific provisions mm -hmm. in the pour over will if you would like. Okay. Most people would prefer that their assets just all be transferred to the trust. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, you have some diamond rings you want to leave to your daughter, <laughs> or you have I don't know, um, some stock you might want to leave um, to your son and you haven't designated that already with, mm -hmm. with your stockbroker. Um, yeah. Okay. So does combining a um, power of attorney with the will make it act like a trust or do you still have to go to probate? As long as there's a will, you have to go to probate. Oh, yes. As long okay. as there's a will, you're going through probate. Okay. But <laughs> I want to let everyone know that a power of attorney it ceases at the time the individual passes away. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can get in a lot of trouble <clears throat> trying to transfer assets once someone has already been deceased. Mm -hmm. um, because the bank may not know. Yeah. So they're going to still let you go in and withdraw funds. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had to handle some cases where the clerk has issued some sanctions um, mm -hmm. because people are still using their power of attorney. The person was dead for six months. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> six months. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And the the clerk will refer you to criminal court. They mm. have the authority to do that. So. Mm -hmm. So I have recently gotten I don't know at least three people asking me about transferring their deed into their child's name, like trying to protect it. I don't know. From two of them were newly married. Um, but can you should you put a child on? Let's say they're eighteen. We're gonna take them out of the minor thing because we know you can't do that. But let's say they're a young, very young adult. Um, can you transfer, should you, because we know you can, should you transfer your deed to a child? That is a good question. I think it depends on the maturity of the child. I think it depends on who the child will have around them or surrounding them to support them. Um, and can your child handle the responsibilities that come with the house are are they going to forget to cut the grass so now you know the city's coming out every other month um issuing citations are they going to remember to pay the taxes pay the mortgage and some parents provide for payment of that in mm -hmm. their trust they're in their will <clears throat> but really you have to look at your children and decide if they are able to handle those responsibilities mm-hmm so in the situations, because I know some people do it for Medicaid purposes and everything, um, but in the situation where that parent still plans to live in the home, like what are some of the dangers of transferring a deed into your child's name or having them even as a, I guess, a co-owner um, on that deed while you're still living in the house? So if you completely transfer, so give your child 100% interest in the house while you are still living and living in the house, then your child can kick you out of the house. They can sell the house. They can rent it out. Um, you no longer own the house, so you have no control over mm -hmm. what happens with the house. Um, and unfortunately, I have seen it often enough yeah. where parents have faith in their mm. children. And for whatever reason, their children just do not have the same honor right. <laughs> and, and respect for their parents. Um, but once you give your interest away in the house. It's, it's no longer yours. 
So if you have the forethought to do that, the best thing to do is place the house in a trust. Mm-hmm. And, and you can place it in a revocable living trust. Um, if you're doing it for Medicaid purposes, an irrevocable trust may may be the better option. But mm-hmm. I usually like to talk with my clients mm-hmm. first on a case-by-case basis about which option is best for them. Mm-hmm. But with a trust, what you're doing is um, you're maintaining the authority to manage the house during your lifetime, but also live in the house. So it can mm-hmm. kind of serve as like what we talked about for as a life estate, Yeah. right? Um, I think that is the best option mm-hmm. if you have young children. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had parents who have been supported by their children for 20 years, and they're not sure if they're going to need to use Medicare or not. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a different story, especially if you are not going to live in the house, mm-hmm. then yeah, go ahead and transfer it because mm-hmm. um, Medic- Medicare has that five-year look-back right. period mm-hmm. where they're looking at what assets you had to determine what benefits they're going to give you. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes transferring that um, that property into a trust will offer that protection, specifically in a irrevocable trust. But another option is a ladybird deed. Okay. Um, with a ladybird deed is similar to a life estate, mm-hmm. but it's something that's recognized by Medicare where you're avoiding, now you still have to do it within that five-year look-back period, but Medicaid will not view that transfer as something negative or counted against you. Um, and in the end, then the interest in the house would go to your children mm-hmm. if that's who, who you want to give it to. So how does that deed differ? Like, what what is it specific? What makes it a ladybird deed? Um, usually there has there are some provisions in it that allow for it's called an extended. So it's also called like an extended life estate. Um, and so it's for people who are anticipating staying in the house for long periods mm-hmm. of time, looking to still control what's going on with the house so you're still able to and you're the measuring life I know we talked about Mm -hmm. that so it's your life that you're measuring not some other person like Mm -hmm. we talked about with the life estate Um, and again you're able to maintain that control over the house you're still expected to pay the taxes and and all the things and once you pass away then your children would own the house Mm -hmm. and it's immediate and it's also equivalent to um what attorneys call joint tenants with right or survivorship. Mm-hmm. What that looks like um, is that when upon your passing, the other person immediately absorbs your interest mm-hmm. in the property. So there's nothing left for Medicare to take because mm-hmm. your children have immediately absorbed that interest. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So outside of a Medicare situation, because this is a question that I've gotten often just because you when people hear attorney, they think people used to do everything. Yeah. They really do. <laughs> like, girl, I have to go look that up. But a situation where, you know, most, not all, but most parents want to give their property to their kids. It's mm-hmm. just like, I guess, the natural succession of things. Mm-hmm. So in a situation where they want to do that, like they're living in the house mm-hmm. and they want to do that, but they don't, I guess, want a bunch of rigmarole. A lot of the times the question comes up like, well, what did my child have to do about the deed? Like I'm passing this to this to this child. It's in the will, but what do I need to do as far as a deed? Oh, I see. So give me an example because usually 
attorneys won't, you don't do the deed until the person's passed away. Because if it's in a will, mm-hmm. although the will is drafted during your lifetime, it doesn't become alive or effective until after you've passed away. Right. So as an estate administration attorney or probate attorney, mm-hmm. even after you've passed away, I'm not allowing for that transfer to happen until a few other things happen with probate. Mm-hmm. One, we've opened up the estate. Mm-hmm. Two, the notice of creditors has occurred. So I know that we don't have to sell your house to pay your debt. Mm-hmm. Um, three, that you don't have a spouse that can make a claim on the house. Um, a lot of people don't know that there is a statute that allows for it's called a year's allowance. Mm-hmm. Your spouse can get up to $60,000 of assets. And then if you have a minor child who is age 22 or less, if if you're between the ages of 18 and 22, you have to be in college or have some type of um, disability. Mm-hmm. But they receive $5,000. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's actually considered the first debt of the estate. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from medical debt, funeral expenses, yep. and any other debt that you might have. So mm-hmm. sometimes we have to pull the house into the estate to satisfy those debts. Got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, th- I guess in the context that I'm usually asked, it's just like, I guess assuming, because you know, older folks, most of them sometimes, let me not say most of them, sometimes they tend to be a little more responsible, yeah, so they don't really have debt. debts and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I guess they just want the child to just be able to have it. Like, they don't want confusion with where the name's not on the deed. So Mm -hmm. what do they need to do? Um, So I think that's the question that comes up. And I know you mentioned, like, there's these trust things. But it sounds like, based on what you said, they just kind of need to go through the process and not really worry so much about this deed. Or am I misunderstood? So if you're leaving the house in a will, Mm -hmm. then know that the deed doesn't want, the deed doesn't have to reflect Mm -hmm. or shouldn't reflect, honestly, because if you left it in the will, what you're signifying to the court is that you don't intend for a transfer to happen until you've passed away. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it means if you leave it in the will. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, if you make a deed before you pass away, mm-hmm. then you're telling the court, now I want my child to have it right now. Right. And then that, that asset is no longer a part of your of estate. Your estate mm-hmm. you're, yeah. So by doing those things to a trust, do you avoid the mandatory sixty thousand and potential five thousand? Or yeah, well, sort of. Uh-uh. <laughs> it depends. <Yeah. laughs> um, the spouse won't have access to what's in the trust, mm-hmm. but they will have access to anything that flows through probate estate. Mm-hmm. So um, the year's allowance is filed with the court. And anything that flows through the court, the the uh, spouse and the children are entitled to that. Just out of curiosity, because people, I've never gone through probate, mm-hmm. but people just seem to be very frustrated with probate. Like, how long is that process? And that's another answer where I, okay. I would have to say it depends. <laughs> um, but let me just give you a timetable for what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um if we filed the first set of letters or application for letters mm-hmm. with the court, um, which if you mail it in, it will take several weeks because the court is backlogged. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're able to get an appointment with them, let's say we file it on January 1. Mm-hmm. Now you have to file notice to creditors with a local newspaper. And that notice has to run for four consecutive weeks. Okay. And 
creditors have 90 days or three months from the first publication okay. to file with the court, right? So mm-hmm. now we're at three months. Right. Mm-hmm. So then we have to file an inventory mm-hmm. with the court. And depending on whether you can get an appointment or you mm-hmm. mail that in, then we're a few weeks out from there. Right. So we may be at six months. Mm-hmm. But now some people don't have enough money to pay off all the debts. So we have to negotiate with creditors mm-hmm. um, or family members are not getting along. So we're having to figure out kind of um, how to divide up some of the property mm-hmm. um, if it's not apparent from the will. And sometimes it takes a while to get all the information you need to know what's actually in the estate. Right. And so then you have to transfer everything out of the decedent's name mm-hmm. in order to close. And so after you file that inventory, you'll be filing another annual report with the court. Mm-hmm. Well, some people, I can get, um, I'll say I can get their estate opened and closed within six months. Mm-hmm. But that's not typical. Yeah. One, because we have to rely on the court to get us certain documents and review certain certain documents. And if you have a case that is not standard, mm-hmm. it might take a little longer for the court to review. Um, or if people file a lawsuit because they are contesting the will, that can take years. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you have another yeah. complicated case, that can take months or years. So mm-hmm. it, it really just depends on the yeah. nature of your case. You good? It's so much. <laughs> it's so much. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so like when you said, um, I usually have a lot of clients who come to me after they've attempted to, mm-hmm. to do some of the steps yeah. and they're just mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you're having to do all of this after you've lost someone right. you love. Mm-hmm. Right. And so not only are you already just emotionally a wreck, right. um, but the process is confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I... I actually really enjoy being able to help people through that process and just lifting that burden mm-hmm. off of them. Yeah. Um, and I consider that an act of service. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So without getting all of your business, mm-hmm. <laughs> did your dad have a will or a trust? Both. He did both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Why do you, like, why would that be the recommendation? Because wills to me just, we know we need them, but it just sounds very frustrating to, to enforce one. So, like, what what was what would be the benefits of having a will? So, if you know you're going to make one-time transfers to a few individuals or you have finite items that you're going to leave, a will is just fine. Mm-hmm. But when um, my dad made his estate plans when both my sister and I, he found out when I was 14 and my sister would have been 10 that he had lung cancer. Um, so, he... He knew that he wasn't going to make it to my sister's 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to make sure that she was still covered because he um, he had a lot of, he had mountains of medical bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he placed some assets in a trust. He and my mom placed assets in the trust to make sure that there would be something for my mom to take care of my sister, mm-hmm. to keep our house, mm-hmm. um, or it was their house, but keep our, our family house. Um and so that he could ha- still have some control over how we were cared for mm-hmm. when he was no longer here. And a will won't let you do that. A will is not a solution for transferring assets long term. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And protect them from stuff because you know they'll come up after the oh, medical yeah. bills. Yes, they will. So, so that's not success, uh, accessible to the creditors. The trust. Yeah, the money that he had put into the trust to take care of y'all, like the no. hospital couldn't come and say, "Give me that." Oh no! So when you, so I like to tell people, um, a trust is like a box, and you can put things in. It is shielded from creditors. Um, if it's drafted correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because a trust is a separate entity, just like you, you, most people get an LLC when they start mm-hmm, their own mm-hmm, business. Mm-hmm. So that's just like saying, you know, your personal IRS debt is not commingled with your business IRS that's debt. Right, it's the right. same thing. So right. a trust has its own separate EIN number. Okay. So just think of it mm-hmm. as, um, a business that you started. Mm-hmm. And most people understand that. And so you filed the, the, or the attorney, I guess, uh, would file the trust with a bank. Or is it just a document? Like a, a will, I can have my will at the house. I never have to go to a bank. I never have to, for it to be an actual document. Same for the trust. The okay. trust is, is just it's a document similar to a will, usually a little more extensive. Um, so you said it has its own EIN number. That would be once you're enforcing it. Right. But when you file, when you open up a probate estate, that also gets an EIN number. Okay. Um, most people don't know that. But yes, that's how the IRS attaches to... Um, Look at those mm-hmm, those estate assets. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, with depending on what type of trust you use, though, you can use your social security number. Mm-hmm. Um, for for example, for a revocable living trust, mm-hmm. you can still use your social security number. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I, they get paid every April. I don't understand <laughs> what they need after that. They want it all. I'm just saying. You just got paid. They're going to get this. In April. (laughs) And they have the attorneys working. They know how to do all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have any other questions? I don't. This was. A lot of information. It was. I want what she just said with it. But it was so necessary because most of it, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. So I know most people just don't know. And I think to your point, trust a lot of times seems very abstract Mm -hmm, and complicated mm -hmm. but it's so beneficial in certain situations so i'll definitely at some point need to be coming getting put some things in here yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so speaking of information where can the people find you where can they contact Mm -hmm. you if they need your services so they can contact me by telephone the office number is 704-502-5327 they can go on my website, and we have general intake forms that they can access. Mm-hmm. Uh, the website is www.hicksguinlaw.com. That's H-I-C-K-S-G-U-I-N-N law.com. Okay. And um, we'll be sure to have her information in our show notes so you yes. can just click and go and find what you need to. Um, if you are interested in having some estate planning done or some business succession done, um, through your estate planning. So it was really wonderful having you on. Thank you for, Thank you for coming to the studio me. with yes. us and being here. This is a lot of information to take in, break down that you can replay over and over. We just want y'all to, you know, you don't want to work hard all your life and then lose it all because exactly. it's not protected, mm-hmm. right? Or, in the or right be like market. these celebrities that have so much money and no will. That baffles me right. every time. <laughs> at, the, at the very least. Just, right, you you know, the wheel, so. yeah. We really, really appreciate you for having us on. Um, so I don't have any tips. I know this was, you know, a longer episode, so there was different information. Um, if I did have a tip, it would definitely be to get your estate planning 
together and not to wait. Um, you know, we've talked about it before. You don't have to have a million dollars in order to have um, an estate plan. You have some ownership, especially if you have children. Um, you you know, if you don't have kids and you're an auntie or an uncle and you have nieces and nephews and you know you want to direct your properties or your investments, you worked in a job, you got a nice 401k, um, all if that you stuff have has anything to be, yeah, of value. You, you need to have it directed somewhere. That Jordan um, collection at Quick Hates. The, the IRS, IRS Jordan Jordan collection. Right. Protect right. that too. Where you right, want your right. Jordans to go. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, protect your assets. You work too hard for them. So, you know, protect them and direct them and tell them where to go. Yeah. And you can follow us on the things Divas and Duckets, our website, divasandduckets.com, our email, divaadvice at gmail.com, D-I-V-A-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. Um, we will see you all soon. Take care of yourselves in the meantime, between time. Have a great attitude. Bye. Bye. Bye.